0: This is Hemant. And Jessica. And you're listening to the Friendly Atheist Podcast. Please go to patreoncom friendly atheist podcast. If you like what you're listening to, we appreciate it. Uh, I don't even know where to begin today because there's actually a huge variety of stories that all revolve around the usual suspects.
1: Usually you start by asking me how I am, Hemant. How
0: are you? Hemant, I'm so fucking bad. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> sure if you wanted me to ask, so I was just gonna sidestep around it. I mean, then- at this
1: point, is there anything I haven't shared? Don't worry, everyone. Yesterday I had a meeting before I was going to meet my parents at a park and they're like, hey, surprise, we're killing your entire department. See you never nerds. So <laughs> this fucking year, I swear to Christ.
0: It's almost done.
1: It's just unbelievable. Like I literally lost a pregnancy and a job within two weeks of each other. Who? What have I done? Am I on the wrong track with the atheism thing? Is my question. Anyway, if hey, I mean, God if,
0: is against you,
1: yeah, I, that's abundantly clear. Hey, if y'all have been asking about custom work, guess who's starting her Etsy shop back up. <laughs>
0: How do we order stuff from Etsy? <laughs>
1: Bitches get stitched done. I'll probably set some shit up today. Excellent. So actively annoyed. I was working on this really beautiful photorealistic cross stitch of my dog cuz I finally gave myself time to do projects for me. No. No, no, no. I get nothing. <laughs> I get nothing. But, you know, giving more bad news to my parents right before the holiday is a gift in and of itself, I would say.
0: Anyway, I need some people long for that. <laughs>
1: Okay. Um can we I'm because I'm having the week yes. I want to start with talking about that Wall Street Journal op-ed
0: about <laughs> <laughs> about Mrs. <laughs> Jill Biden?
1: Yes, I Yeah. It's one of the Okay. So if you haven't been if you haven't if this hasn't come up on your life like we travel in different circles cuz it's all I've thought about for like a week. So, Wall Street Journal um op-ed writer Joseph Epstein wrote a an opinion piece in Wall Street Journal saying, "Is there a doctor in the White House? Not if you need an MD Sub, subtitle. Joe Biden should think about dropping the honorific which feels fraudulent even comic." Now, when I saw that headline float through my my Twitter feed um I was like oh is Jill- I I I knew Jill Biden was a doctor I never thought about what kind I was like oh is it like an honorary like is it like a like an honorary, an honorary doctorate, doctorate. yeah what?
0: in which case you probably wouldn't have doctor in front of your name
1: right um it's not she has a PhD in education and I just would really like to read this fr- I want to read this first paragraph, and I want everyone listening to think about how small, how petty, how fundamentally disrespectful and misogynistic this is. He says, Madam First Lady, Mrs. Biden, Jill, kiddo, fuck you. He didn't write that. I said that. A bit of advice on what may seem like a small, but I think not unimportant matter. Any chance you might drop the doctor before your name? Dr. Jill Biden sounds and feels fraudulent, not to say a touch comic. Your degree is, I believe, an, an, uh, an EDD, a doctorate of education earned at the University of Delaware, blah, 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 blah. A wise man once said that no one should call himself a doctor unless he has delivered a child. Think about it, Dr. Jill, and forthwith drop the doc.
0: Yes, so, those brain surgeons who shouldn't be calling themselves doctor.
1: Uh, this is one of those things that I read and was, like, furious about. And then for usually I'm pretty good at, like, letting things go because otherwise my life would be one long rage stroke because I tend to feel things very um big. I, like, twice a day I would think think back to this and think, can you imagine the fucking gall of writing to a grown adult – a calling her kiddo are you fucking kidding me she's a 60 year old woman and saying you should not use the title you've earned because it confuses me because i don't have the intellectual capacity to understand that doctor can mean multiple things which i will absolutely remind all of us the phd doctor thing which i think doctor is an is a comes from the greek or latin learned or learned or teacher or something like that. Anyway, this woman earned a doctorate. She is a she has she is a doctor and this guy for some reason thinks that's funny? Like, I don't can you can you help me understand why this is a valuable piece of writing that the Wall Street Journal
0: Uh, Published. Uh, Valuable. No. Here's why they do it. Because they have no actual shit to complain about when it comes to Biden, and like even policy-wise, how do you honestly complain about policy after four years of Trump? So they got nothing. They got nothing legit to complain about. So they're going after anything they possibly can. This is why they went after like Joe Biden for hugging his son. And like kissing him on the forehead or something. They're like, what sort of manly man does this? And everyone's response was like, I guess you've never loved your child. Like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. um, Also, by the way, all of these right wing websites have no problem calling them like Dr. Sebastian Gorka said this on Fox News. Like he, has, I assume he has a Ph.D. in something, but like he's not a medical doctor. Because we
1: all, as a society, understand that not all doctors are, like, going to fix your stitches. Yeah. Um, For some reason, the fact that Joseph Epstein only has a bachelor's in absentia (laughs) from the University of Chicago is really the cherry on this. Um, Because someone on
0: Twitter who is not me pointed out, um, if... For all this, for Epstein and all these other people who are like, I only care about doctors if they're medical doctors. Why do you think the pandemic is raging? It's because Republicans don't care what <laughs> medical doctors have to say. Don't care about so Stop medicine. pretending like any of this matters to you.
1: Yeah, I, like, and this sort of, like, he has this faux, um, I don't know, faux, like, what's the word? Um, bashfulness or something? Because he says... So he he taught at Northwestern University for thirty years without a doctorate or any advanced degree. Hashtag white guys. Um, he has an honorary doctorate, and then he goes on for mm, three paragraphs about how some people call him doctor, and sometimes he lets them, but sometimes he's like, push, don't do that. Without acknowledging that an honorary doctorate and a PhD or an MDD, I think she ha- I said she has those aren't the same thing. Like just because neither of you is like a neurosurgeon doesn't mean your honorary doctorate and her like
0: actual, actual title,
1: just the idea of writing an open letter to a grown woman, basically saying I'm threatened by the fact that you have a title Why? Unclear. It's not like she's, and it's not like she's going around giving medical advice, hoping people (laughs) are confused by the doctor in front of her name. I'm just, I don't know why this one really stuck at my craw, because I think it comes down to women can literally do nothing and be above criticism. All this woman did was advance to the top of her field and then take on the, the title that she, and earned. teach
0: college classes teach like her in her classes. part in her in her time. That's what she does while she was uh vice president's wife, while she was a second lady, and, and that, she's gonna keep doing it now.
1: And, the, and she's so open to criticism just for fucking existing yeah. beyond like in a three-dimensional space beyond like standing prettily next to the president. <laughs> like it's very I don't know why this one like fucking gotten into you my soul.
0: It's, I think you haven't heard this. Uh, I, I take that back. You have heard it. But like we haven't seen something like this, I was going to say, in like four years because they would do it to Michelle Obama, too. And it's been a while since we've heard like stupid complaints like that. Sure. But- They've done it to to women in Congress. They've done it to other successful women, too. Obviously, they did it to Hillary Clinton. Like, going after these people for the dumbest things instead of, like, there are plenty of things you could legitimately complain about. These are Mm -hmm. not them. Speaking of
1: legitimate things, I'm not going to send us off on too much of a a tangent, but Senator Ron Johnson blocked $1,200 checks for Americans because of the deficit so now of that the democrats back in office we're worried about the deficit so the again.
0: people who were fine with tax cuts uh-huh. are like what give poor people give everyone money no we can't help <laughs> yeah. the economy grow
1: they're like goldfish they, they like cut off all of the like they give all these tax cuts so their revenue is greatly reduced and then three years later they're like
0: how, how come our revenue well, has gone down yeah i hope the response to that sort of thing is just calling out bad faith but like not just by liberals, but like the media calling it out and saying this is bullshit on his part. By the way, he's up for reelection, I believe, in 2022. He's the next one up. Like, use it against him. This should be a sticking point for every Republican and tie them all together. It's idiotic if you let that pass without hold- like holding him accountable for doing that. So I don't know that fair. they will, but they should.
1: Uh, he's Wisconsin, so maybe I'll pop up there and campaign against him yeah. I just it I, I think I say this a lot but like the intellectual dishonesty of the right makes me bananas crazy because how do you argue with somebody who isn't willing to admit like you can't start from the same spot because their spot is like ever shifting it's right. like it's it's very frustrating and annoying
0: mm-hmm. They can't do intelligent debates. They can't do sports because they're moving the goalposts all the time. Exactly. Uh, let's let's talk about this thing that happened at Denny's. I don't know why. Let's at talk Denny's. about it. Yeah. So this video took place in September, but it went viral this week. Basically, it's like a Denny's restaurant camera shining in on like the lobby of the restaurant. This is it's in crazy. Illinois. Yeah, like a security cam in Franklin Park, Me. Illinois. Oh, Franklin Park. And so basically, here's what happened. You, you see from the security footage, you see the, the server just kind of standing because they're allowing some people inside the restaurant. So mm-hmm. she's waiting with mask on, waiting to give a menu to the two people who walk in.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: these two guys walk in oh, and you hear them saying, like, they're not wearing masks. And she says, you have to I'm paraphrasing. You have to wear a mask if you want to come in this restaurant. They're like, we're not wearing a mask. We have a religious exemption To the mask because the Civil Rights Act says we can claim a religious exemption for not wearing a mask. Which is insane, and that's not what the Civil Rights Act says. And then the waitress. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: forget. You just had to be like, no, that's not what that meant. Like, you just have to remind me that even when they quote unquote cite something, that's nothing. They they don't know what they're talking
0: about. Uh, So she says, like, instead of talking to them, you just hear the the server say to her manager, I'm not working for this shit anymore. These guys won't put their masks on. I'm sick of feeling like this. And when the guy says, you're discriminating against us, she's like, I am not discriminating against you. You can't come in here without a mask. The manager comes out and says, like in Illinois, anyway, no mask, no service. We're allowed Mm -hmm. to say no to you. Um, and as the server leaves the restaurant, full on quitting the place on the spot, you wait, see, wait. yeah, the server just. She like, basically, she's like, "I'm done with this shit," and oh, walks out. For
1: her, I've yeah. always wanted to do that.
0: And the Christians say, as she leaves, "You lost our business," to which no <laughs> one cares. Uh, yeah, Denny's
1: is. <laughs> really hurting for y'all
0: yeah um denny's put out a statement to newsweek that basically justified everything the server and the manager did like we understand some may feel that they are exempt from certain mandates but the safety of our employees and guests is our top priority blah blah blah. it was very corporate speak but basically uh, what the hell are these christian guys doing and I have yet, I don't know what this server's <coughs> name is. I hope she's doing okay. Mm-hmm. But it's telling that these two guys walked in without a mask wearing uh, a ministry shirt. Uh, just talking about how Christian they are. And this is how they're acting. Yeah,
1: I feel like... It's funny. When we're in, this is, God, five or six years ago, I was in Memphis for the American Atheist Convention. And at the end of the day of like the whatever it's called, of like, the programming, everyone said, like, okay, put on your atheist, you know, your a- American atheist shirt, and go out into Memphis, have fun, and tip very well. Because when right, you are right. wearing a shirt that, rep- like, that stands for us. Obviously, if are wearing, <laughs> like, a Cubs shirt, I'm not standing for, like, <laughs> the Chicago Cubs. But there is something about, like, if you're wearing a shirt about a group you're in, like, you should really – sort of mind your behavior because you now kind of speak for an entire group. Boy, Christians don't seem to have that, huh?
0: Yeah, and uh, we talked about this before but like, servers have said I hate working Sunday mornings, Sunday afternoons in normal times because that's the worst tipping group Oh, that ever. is,
1: if you've ever waited in restaurants that are open on Sunday mornings, you know that church crowd and you know it fucking sucks.
0: Yes. Uh, Okay, let's talk about the biggest story I thought this week in terms of the stuff we talk about. We found out. So this week, the government had to release specific information about who has received the later batch of PPP loans designed to help businesses survive during the pandemic. So not only did we get like an update as to who got money like in late June and beyond after the last update, we learned specifically how much all these people got. Because last time we heard about it, they would say this group got in a range between like uh, 500,000 to a million or 1 million to 3 million or whatever. Mm-hmm. Now we got specific numbers. And here's what we found out this week that we did not know before. Joel Osteen and his Lakewood church in Houston, Texas, in the first round of PPP loans that we found out about in June, they were mm-hmm. not on the list. And like they didn't ask for any money. They didn't receive any money and no one talked about them at the time. Fine. And this time they were on the list and we found out they got $4,436,224. Dang, I could use that. According to the information that is public, that money was used to pay for the salaries of 368 people. I should say that does not include salaries for Osteen or his wife, because (laughs) technically they don't take any official salary from the church because they make money books and speaking and all that other stuff. So it's not those two. It's the church and their salaries and like the people they were helping are just regular people who work on their staff. Uh So part of me says, I mean, if it's not like we've already discussed the should churches get any money at all. And that's a separate issue for me right now, because it's Mm -hmm. like, all right, they decided churches and nonprofits should be eligible for this money. Okay, fine. Right. But for this church of all churches to get four point whatever million dollars and this comes after, like in June, when they said we didn't ask for it to begin with, they actually says Lake uh, the Houston Business Journal. Uh, media outlet, said someone from Lakewood spoke to them and said, we did not initially apply for PPP assistance during the first half of the program, Mm -hmm. but as the shutdown persisted month after month, given the economic uncertainty, we finally applied for the PPP loan. We have been able to provide full salaries and benefits, uh, including health insurance coverage to Mm -hmm. all of the employees and their families, which again, I, I am not necessarily bothered by that. Like, the money is going to the people who are genuinely working for them. It's Mm -hmm. not like it's padding Joel Osteen's pocket here. Sure. Directly, anyway. (laughs) Indirectly, that's money they don't have to take out of their own accounts. Right. But this is kind of the, the problem I have with this. Remember when some restaurant chains got money from the first batch of PPP loans, and it's like, why is this... I don't remember the specifics. Like, why is this giant... Wealthy restaurant chain asking for millions right. of dollars, and not like the mom and pop shops that right. can't get money because it's run out or they don't have the connections they need. And some of those chains were so shamed by it, they gave the money back. But it goes, that's my issue with this. This is the largest church in the country. This is arguably one of the wealthiest churches in the country where they make millions of dollars in untaxed income every week. And yet, I know it's struggling. I know everyone is struggling. Right. They're not struggling as much as anyone else. Right. Why are they asking for this money? Like, just because they can. I'm not suggesting they did anything illegal here. But even though they could ask for it, they didn't need to. They could have easily said... Look, we are struggling right now, but we'll be okay thanks to our members and you know what we have got on our side. Other people need this financial help more than we do. Mm -hmm. It would be unfair for us to grab $4.5 million, Dottie gets it, from from a pot. that is meant for small businesses. They could have easily said that. It could have been good press. They didn't. They took the money instead. I mm-hmm. haven't heard a peep from Joel Osteen since this came out. Yeah. And Remember, this is the same church that said a couple years ago during Hurricane Harvey, where they're like, you wanted us to use our church to house people who are escaping the flood? Like, right. Well, we might have, but no one asked us to do it, and right. we were worried about their safety. Like <laughs> Every time you need them to do the right thing because Not because someone asked, but because they ought to, because any sensible person could say it. They never seem to do it. Like, I'm not saying he should be sued. He didn't do anything illegal at this church. But of all the places to give back the money they got from the PPP uh, program, from the loans, you would think it's this church. They're Mm -hmm. not. They didn't say anything about how they're going to give it back. They're just like, well, we're a business. We had employees to feed. I don't know. It just took me (laughs) off to no end that this guy this guy's church which again has every resource in the world is like free money yep we're on top of it. Screw you smaller companies.
1: Right. Yeah it's it's just really hard when when churches and things like that act like regular businesses when it's for them you know when it's convenient for them Mm -hmm. or sometimes special entities when it's you know when it's convenient it's just frustrating and i'm over it
0: and on the same front this is a similar story this is from lisa guerrero who works for inside edition um she was the one who a couple years ago like confronted Mm -hmm. televangelist kenneth copeland and asked like why do you need a private jet when Mm -hmm. you're a televangelist and it was epic like just that whole segment was amazing so this week Guerrero said she was looking into another preacher. She actually said last week, before we recorded last week, she said, I have a segment coming out with a preacher named Marcus Lamb, another mega church uh, preacher. This guy heads up a television network called Daystar Television okay. through his church, which is tax exempt. It's one of the largest uh, Christian TV stations in the country. Um, And this guy also has a long history of spending a lot of money on stuff he doesn't need. Very (laughs) Trumpian, that sort of Uh. thing. So Guerrero, the reporter, said last week, I have a segment on Marcus Lamb coming up. And it's like, oh, shit, what did you find? And then the segment never aired. And I asked her, like, hey, when's the segment coming out? She basically said there's some new information coming in. So we're holding off for a little bit. And so finally, the segment aired this week. Here's what we found out. Daystar TV, Marcus Lamb's network, they also applied for the PPP loans. They also received $4 million, roughly, of taxpayer money, which, again, not illegal. It's a business. They have employees, whatever. But here's what Guerrero found out. Shortly after they got that $4 million loan, the head of it, Marcus Lamb, bought a multi-million dollar private jet, <laughs> which his company said we use it for ministry purposes. But she also found that they're basically like if you match up when they go on these ministry trips and where his family members, what they're posting on Instagram, they're clearly on vacation. Yeah, yeah. Like, and and also this guy is seen golfing. He steps out of the private plane. He's in golf clothes. Like, what are you really doing? Yeah. By the way, after her segment... And after a lamb said, Well, these were working vacations, and I was speaking at a church and meeting with people, Mm -hmm. like, sure, even if you were, these are vacations. After the show aired that segment, the church paid back the entire $3.9 million loan with interest.
1: Wow. So public shaming
0: works. It really does in that case. Yeah. This is Uh. a totally different story, but COVID related. And this happened in North Carolina. This just came out uh, today on Friday, uh, maybe yesterday on Thursday. There's a church in North Carolina, the First Baptist Church of Hendersonville, relatively small church, as many of these First Baptist types are. Early this month, they held a Christmas concert with a lot of singers and choir members and people not wearing masks. Not socially distant. The Asheville Citizen Times newspaper actually spoke with people who went to this event and they said, quote, the church was crowded. Many people were not wearing masks and choir members without masks were singing shoulder to shoulder. And yeah, the record, singing is right,
1: like the worst one you can do during COVID.
0: <laughs> yeah. And this week, the Henderson County Department of Public Health released a statement saying they have traced back To that particular event, 75 people who have now tested positive for COVID directly linked to that event. And that's the ones they know about. Who knows how many other people those people. It's like the wedding in Maine all over again. Um, I should say senior pastor Steve Scoggins uh, issued a statement on through the church's website saying we are shutting down in-person services for the next month. Which is good, but also why'd you got to wait until now?
1: Because he had to wait until he got caught and there were consequences.
0: Yeah. Um, He also said in a Facebook post that is now deleted that (laughs) church staff took temperature of all the performers and congregants upon entry, Mm -hmm. which is important. But also you had a choice, you could have just stayed home. They released a video this week saying, you know, we're since we're not getting together for Christmas, here's a a video we put together of singing and sermons from Christmas's past. Things we did in the past, oh, like that's nice. Yeah, exactly. It's like if yeah, that's what you should be doing, that's fine. Why didn't you do that? Why did you decide to have this in-person concert this month? And by the way, on a totally unrelated side note, I should say I was watching. Skoggin sermon that he delivered this weekend, which was in person before they shut down the place uh, and after that event. Um, man, no, I lied. It was right before the event. But one of the things he said, which I just it took me back because uh it was weird. I was like, how come no one's talking about this? He was talking about what he's thankful for, like right after Thanksgiving, right okay. before Christmas, and he says, I'm thankful for my wife. That's fine, that's not weird. Nice. But he said, I met her when I was a junior in college and she was a junior in high school. And then he adds uh, his hero, D.L. Moody, a a preacher who founded like the Moody Bible Institute, or is the namesake of the Moody Bible Institute? D.L. Moody did the same thing. He took her out on the first date when she was 15 and he was 21. And I said, there you go, God. If D.L. Moody can do it, I can do it. And everyone congregation clapped and laughed and ha 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 she was 15 well Dwight by the way that video was that, born in
1: 1837
0: i just realized they deleted that video in the past hour as we were recording oh, really? <laughs> don't worry i saved a copy i know how to do things
1: well and the thing that <laughs> sucks is like four years difference isn't that much like my husband's six six years older than me Like, it's not that big a deal, but, like, A. When
0: one of you is 15.
1: Yeah. A, when one of you is 15. B, like, uh, maybe don't, like, even if it's, like, ethically above board and morally above board, like, maybe don't, like, shout it from the rooftops of, like, (laughs) I tried to fuck a teenager when I was 21. I'm cool. Just like (laughs) my god did or whatever
0: yeah right like yeah. oh it's just creepy and he just said it and no one called him out on the spot It's
1: so funny because like when my husband and I met I was 18 he was 25 and like we didn't start dating until I was 23 or 24 like four or five years after that and he was like yeah when you were 18 you were way too young for me it made me uncomfortable <laughs> like you like ugh, it's just not
0: it's all suboptimal Hammett it really is Let's talk about Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey is the evangelical financial guru. He's like the Susie Orman guy who's going to help you get out of debt. Um, And, of course, one of his ways you get out of debt is you have to give money to your church. Christians love him. He's he's very... He has a huge, uh, whatever you want to call it, not just a company. He has a whole ministry, a whole thing Uh that has to do with perpetuating his advice. Uh, A lot of it is if you don't have money, it's your fault. Um, If you were rich, you would understand why you should be good with money, but you're not. (laughs) And that's really your fault. That's Uh a lot of his advice. But anyway, uh, that's a separate issue. This year alone. He's based out of Nashville, Tennessee, and his company has had more than 100 employees test positive for COVID so far. At one point in November, 50 of them at the same time were test positive, And they have not changed like anything they do. He has said masks are a, quote, sign of fear. Oh, my God. He is planning a Christmas party next week, and that is based on an invitation that was sent to the company's 800 staffers.
1: Oh my God, 800?
0: and by the way, they're all allowed to bring one guest apiece.
1: Oh, fuck.
0: Nothing in that invitation said you have to wear masks. Of course. Um, and basically, this is a separate report that a company that was asked to cater this event were told, according to the vendors, they said, They asked us that we do not wear masks or gloves, quote, as not to scare those in attendance. Gloves? Yep. No masks, no gloves. I feel like food
1: handling, you probably Uh, should wear gloves.
0: By the way, Ramsey's company denies that last statement about they said vendors are allowed to wear masks. (laughs) But they didn't say we're not holding a party for up to like 1600 people. 1600 people. Uh, at least they anticipated at least like 700, even if a Christ. bunch of people said no. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, but again, the thing that is amazing is not just that this guy is supposedly pro-life yeah. and stupid. It's that evangelicals treat him like he's a guy you should take advice from. And it's one thing to call out his bad financial advice when he gives that. Mm -hmm. But, like, a guy who's like, yeah, pandemic, 300,000 people dead, whatevs, come to my party. You don't need to take precautions. Why would you trust a guy like that when it comes to taking care of anything? Like, I don't know. I wouldn't trust this guy to, like, babysit my kids if that's his attitude towards other people's health. But apparently people are like, I'm going to put my entire finances using the advice from this guy's courses.
1: I, I mean, it's just this sort of attitude of like, the rules don't apply to me. I am, you know, I'm special and I can't get sick cause I'm the main character in my story. And that's not how that works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <Ugh>. Uh- <laughs>
0: Let me give a shout out right now to our sponsor, Be Reasonable. I think most of our listeners would agree that a serious challenge of our time is that we have a nation. We as a nation have lost our ability to think critically. No political parties mentioned. Uh, Being Reasonable is an unconventional yet timely podcast where the host, Mark Solomon, examines just one belief That an invited guest claims to be true. It could be anything from I believe in the afterlife to I believe in the practice of hoodoo to I believe in angels. The goal of being reasonable is to have guests critically examine the reliability of their own beliefs and to identify under what circumstances they would be willing to change those beliefs. So being reasonable helps model and develop those skills that are required to better evaluate the truth value of any belief. It's why the show has become part of a remote teaching approach for some educators. And if you're a fan of this podcast, you will likely be a fan of being reasonable. So check it out wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate their sponsorship of this show. Here's a separate story. Do you know Lauren Daigle? Lauren Daigle? Uh-uh. Lauren Daigle. She is a singer. She's a Christian singer, which is irrelevant, but she's a popular singer. She was literally this week appeared on The Voice as a guest performer. Like, oh, okay. that's how popular she is. She first made headlines a couple years ago because she appeared on Ellen and it's, it has nothing to do with Ellen. Basically, Christians got mad that she appeared on Ellen, despite that being a huge break for her and okay. gave her nationwide exposure. They're like, you're basically endorsing homosexuality. And oh. she's like, it's Ellen. Why would you say no to this? <laughs> and then later on when they're like, well, is homosexuality a sin? And she basically tried to, she's she's got to be like 20, early she's, 20s. She's, she's not 29. A she's
1: born in 1991.
0: 20. Okay, so she's not like Wikipedia. She's not a theologian or anything, but they're like, Well, do you think homosexuality is a sin? And she's like, I I don't, I'm not sure. I try to treat people with kindness and dignity, and they're like, Wrong answer. (laughs) That was that was a couple years ago. So anyway, she was tapped this year to perform at like the Dick Clark's Rockin' New Year's Eve on TV they the one hosted they still call it that i think it's hosted by seacrest or whatever but she was scheduled to appear on there uh they're taping it this year or at least her performance they would have taped in new orleans but the mayor of new orleans this week wrote a letter to i don't know who the people producing the show and said please don't invite her to sing no. and the reason is Like, a couple weeks ago, remember Sean Foyt, the Christian COVID-spreading guy who does concerts uh all over the country? Uh uh He was in New Orleans recently doing one of his COVID-spreading concerts. Uh And guess who performed at that show? Lauren Daigle and she basically the mayor says she harmed our people she risked the lives of our residents and she strained our first responders in a way that is unconscionable she cannot be allowed to represent New Orleans or the people she willfully endangered And this and the people running the show said Yeah, that makes sense. We're going to drop her from the show, (sighs) which is the right move, I would argue, because, like, you you have plenty of performers to choose from. You don't have to reward her with national exposure for this. I should say the lieutenant governor of Louisiana tried to, like, whitewash everything she did. And his explanation for why she shouldn't be held accountable is is almost comical. He said. (laughs) The singer explained to me that she was riding her bike nearby when she heard that people were praying for hospitality workers. So she just stopped to join them. When the truth is she was on stage singing, clearly ready to sing. Yeah with this giant concept even even if you think oh there's a giant group right next to me praying for first responders uh-huh. oh, none of them are wearing masks none <laughs> of them are distancing from each other let me just jump into the mix here and perform like all of that strikes me as bad judgment yeah it's not like she went up on stage and said what the hell is wrong with all of you <laughs> And so, like, trying to whitewash her and saying, like, dude, don't blame her. She had nothing to do with this. No, she absolutely did. I have video of it. I can watch what she's doing. There is a crowd full of unmasked people standing right next to each other like it's a mosh pit or something. It's right there. Sean Foyt posted the video himself with her in it.
1: Christian like, concerts what, are famous for their rough mo- mosh pits, yeah. actually. You wouldn't know that. <laughs> yes, but, yeah,
0: exactly. I wouldn't know that. And <laughs> anyway, it's not persecution. They're not dropping her because she's Christian. They're dropping her because she doesn't give a shit about COVID and yeah. she shouldn't be rewarded for it.
1: Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, I'm debating
0: which other stories I should get to. Can
1: I sneak in with my own yes. story then? Yes. Um. So... A lot is going on with the Trump administration. They're trying to um, they're just being assholes. They're just trying to be assholes as, as much as they can. And so recently, the Trump administration announced two measures on Wednesday seeking to restrict abortion access, including withholding hundreds of millions of dollars in federal funding for California because they uh, because their uh, insurance in California requires it has to cover abortions. Um, so yeah, they're like, the thing with Republicans is they're willing to harm whomever they need to, as many people as they need to, as long as they get their way.
0: Um, I, I could be wrong about this XKCD, the web comic po- pointed out this week that I think there are more Republicans who voted for Trump in California Than like Democrats who, or then Republicans who voted for Trump in like Texas. Like, if you're hurting California, you are. I don't know if that's right. Don't quote me on that. But the point is, like, there's a lot of Republicans in California. And if you're denying payments to California because you don't like their liberal policies or whatever, you're hurting a lot of Republicans.
1: Yeah. And I I have many, many, many reasons that I think the Electoral College should be abolished. But one of them, I think California is a very, very good example of the fact that, like, California is reliably blue because it has, you know, L.A. and it has, you know, giant famously liberal hubs but the majority of california is might as well be fucking southern illinois like it's Mm -hmm. they're not a one monolith and those voices are not being heard just as all the democratic voices aren't being heard in like texas or whatever anyway Mm -hmm. um so this is uh health and human services secretary alex um azar yeah. He said, we are taking enforcement action against the state of California for imposing universal abortion coverage mandates on health insurance in the state. We have informed California that this policy clearly violates federal conscience laws, but but the state refuses to fix the issue and comply. So, I mean, essentially, they're withholding $200 million for each additional quarter that, that the state doesn't apply um, I'm not sure how they think that's gonna happen when, you know, in a month when we have a different president. But like
0: At, at this point they're just playing to their base. It's like Dulce Gabbard saying, Let's go all anti-trans legislation right, right. now. When right. it's like it, it's not gonna pass no matter what you do. It's just showboating at this point. And for what? For what reason? What does Azar want to do after he's done with this administration? I don't know. It's probably like they're all so gunning good, for Newsmax correspondent or whatever it is. Yeah,
1: yeah. it's just it's so frustrating and you don't need to look that hard to, to find out how many people will be harmed perhaps fatally so without, you know, these funds that the state requires to run. And those people are less important to the Republicans than fetuses. It, it's absurd. Not even fetuses, but hypothetical fetuses. It's not even yeah. about like. It's about the fact that insurance covers it, not the fact that it's. It's just. It's infuriating. If
0: it's If you told Republicans that these people used to be fetuses, maybe they would care.
1: I don't think that's true, Hammett.
0: Hmm. Let's talk about uh, this guy, David Bird. He is a state representative in Tennessee. Okay. And the reason he's in the news this week, this is a guy, as you would expect from a Republican in Tennessee. He has rejected wearing a mask during legislative sessions. He has gone to in-person social gatherings and bragged about it. He supported a resolution saying the pandemic was sensationalized by the mainstream media. A resolution
1: said it was sensationalized?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And also, by the way, this is unrelated to the pandemic stuff, but back in the day, uh, a few of his former girls basketball students when he was a coach in the 80s, they said he sexually assaulted them.
1: Oh, that's Um, and his
0: response was not. No, I didn't. His response was, I've done nothing bad while in office. Anyway, (laughs) this guy, Uh this guy now says, you guys, I need a miracle today because i'm in the hospital for covid oh. please pray that god will breathe his healing spirit into my lungs oh. he said my doctor said if my oxygen level doesn't improve then he has no choice but to put me on a ventilator so i need a miracle and then like 2 3 days later guess uh-huh. what the update was this is from wednesday now he's dead uh he's he's now on a ventilator. Oh, that is your update. They didn't pray good enough for him. I, they did not. They did not pray good enough and uh well, like I don't know how to even feel about this guy. Part of me is like, well, he's human, so I hope he gets better because the pandemic is awful and I try not to be yeah. a moral monster. But at the same time, if anyone's going to get sick, I guess it should happen to the people who are the least responsible in spreading misinformation about it.
1: So uh, I was so distressed by this moral dilemma that you have in your head right now of like, am I allowed to be happy that somebody got sick or does that make me a monster? I was so distressed over those feelings that I had that I literally called my therapist and set up an appointment because I was like, I never thought I was the kind of person who would be happy when people got sick. Yeah. And what she said, and it helped me a lot, is the last four years we've seen so few consequences of bad yeah. react- of bad actions, and just constantly people are getting rolled over no matter what they say, what they do. Everybody just keeps moving. So when we finally, after all these years, finally see people experiencing direct consequences consequences of their bad actions,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's hard not to be like okay, the universe isn't like a deeply unfair place. It definitely, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's okay to feel, according to my therapist. It's nice
0: to see bad people have their comeuppance.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, not even have their, come. yeah, comeuppance is good, but just like consequences for their bad actions. It's it's so exhausting to see good people get shit all over time and time again while these villains... Are just living their best life.
0: Like if the if the virus was something that d- was not as contagious as it is, right? And really just affected the people who didn't wear masks, who ignored what the right. scientists were saying. How would we feel about it now? I mean, like, why are we so mad that these churches are open? It's. I, I mean, I'm telling you from my experience anyway. I'm not like, upset because they're open. I'm upset because their irresponsibility is going to get, like, decent people who are listening Mm -hmm. to the scientists. It's going to hurt them. Like, are you mad that people had a wedding in Maine that Mm -hmm. became a super spreader event? No, I'm upset because they ended up killing people who didn't even go to that wedding because I don't really... I'm not like that upset that the people who attended it, despite knowing better, Mm -hmm. got sick. Like I'm better you than the people who listened.
1: Right. They ostensibly took a calculated risk and it didn't pay off. They if they'd gone to this wedding or went to this whatever, like
0: And it was a choice. You could have said I'm not going. But, this isn't like a teacher who has to show up at school or something mm-hmm. or a nurse who shows up to work and gets sick. That's awful. That's a tragedy, even if they're doing everything they're yeah. supposed to be doing with masks and stuff. But, yeah. like, how would you feel about this pandemic if the only people who suffered from it were the ones who actively perpetuated misinformation? Means, i got to say, like...
1: It'd be such a different universe. And I think, I think that's one of the reasons why and I'll only speak for myself, but why like religion and like karmic ideals always sort of rang false and never were comforting. Cause a lot of people would say like when you're, when you're not religious or whatever, a, a thing people will say, like, don't you believe that like bad things are going to happen to bad people? Like, don't you believe in karma? Basically these people are monsters and they, you know, just get away with it. Don't, doesn't it make you feel better to know that like somewhere they're going to get their just desserts or whatever. And no, because I've seen it happen way too many times that like, the bad guys win. And that's... Yeah. We've had four
0: years of that.
1: Right. Exactly. (sighs) Uh,
0: There was... I'm going to switch gears entirely here. Let's talk about this article that appeared in the National Review, which is a conservative publication written by a guy named Cameron Hilditch. Uh, I'll try to paraphrase it in a way that I think he would agree with. He basically said... I'm quoting here. It's it's time for religious parents to take their children back from the state. He's mad because he says public schools are indoctrinating kids into atheism. And here's what he says. The data seem to show that the main driver of secularization in the U.S. has been the acceleration of government spending on education. Children learn more at school than reading, writing, arithmetic. They imbibe a whole set of implied assumptions about what's important in life. Faith in God becomes a sort of optional weekend hobby. Christ and Moses are treated by teachers and administrators like weapons or drugs, confiscated (gasps) upon discovery. What? I don't know where he's making
1: this. I need you to read that sentence again because I got Christ and
0: Moses are like weapons or drugs confiscated upon discovery. Which, okay.
1: I have lots huh? of questions, but the first one is, is Moses a particularly like big figure that comes up in public schools a lot? <laughs> no.
0: um, Wait, Christ is because if you're learning about yeah, religion, no, you kind of want to know what his name is.
1: I know I always spoke so <laughs> well. Totally. Moses is very yeah.
0: strange to me.
1: Well, no, and thought, he,
0: he is. And also, like, kids can bring a Bible to school if they want to. No one's taking it away from them. And any story I've ever seen where a teacher says, well, you can't have a Bible in here. The response is usually, well, the teacher was wrong. And then the kid gets the Bible back, even right. if it takes a letter or something. But like no and, one is saying, yes, that teacher was right on track.
1: And they get the gift of, you know, quiet rage, because when you've been done dirty, you get that like righteous anger in you. And that's a gift, I think.
0: And just to be clear, the, uh, kids can wear cross necklaces. They yeah. can start a Bible club after school. They can even try to preach to their friends in their free time if they want to. They want to not have yeah, I mean, right. What this guy is complaining about is we don't indoctrinate kids into Christianity, and that the only way we ever talk about Christianity is if it's in the context of it's a popular religion and you should know the basics because right. that's an educational thing.
1: Or as motivations for wars or something.
0: Yeah. And what this guy says is it's time for religious parents to take their kids back from the state, which means homeschool them or send them to private Christian schools, which again, what I take right. from that what is the this, fuck you want, I don't care. I mean, yes. He's not interested in kids learning about religion. He's not happy unless they're indoctrinated into right. his religion, which again, if a Muslim said the exact same thing he is saying, I feel like his reaction would be very very different.
1: So different. What? Daddy.
0: Yes, I'm going to tell you about the craziest conspiracy theory I've heard so far. My favorite one because so it's so dumb, it's pointless. Uh, <laughs> Pastor, Pastor Johnny Enlow, who is a mega cultist type, he's he. I'm going to paraphrase his argument. Trump has 88 million followers on Twitter, mm-hmm. but he only got 74 million votes.
1: Oh, that one of those really wrong.
0: Therefore, Trump should be president. And then he also said California and New York did vote for Trump. No, they didn't. It wasn't even close. But he literally said, unless until we see at least 88 million votes show up for Trump and 45 states, it will not have been legitimate. It's like, do you really it's, think 88 million people follow Trump on Twitter because they like him? And are all American. Yeah.
1: <laughs> like, the I've heard that a few times. To- I saw... St- Like, that's been floating around since the election of, like, Joe Biden only has 4.2 million followers, and Trump (laughs) has 88. How did he win? And it's just...
0: Why do you think that's an approximation of real life? It's like no one showed up for... Biden's rallies. I don't belong to a cult. I don't need to like <laughs> jump out of my truck and say Biden every two seconds this to vote feels, for him. This
1: feels like they're learning the the lesson that like movie studios learned ten years ago of like everyone's super jives for whatever obscure like comic book villain is happening, and then the movie flops, and they're like, but people were so excited about it on Twitter, and it's like. Yeah, well, different universes, huh? It's much easier to retweet something than to like go pay for
0: something and watch it, especially if it's trash. Do yes. you know how many people follow Trump because they hate Trump or think I need to be aware of what my government's doing. Do you follow Trump? I do.
1: Are you, going a to, are you going to continue to follow him after um,
0: question. I'm going to follow him because I genuinely think right after the election, he'll say something stupid. He'll get banned and then move to parlor. Um, so parlay. I, sorry.
1: Yeah, I have considered just straight up blocking the word Trump off my Twitter feed <laughs> okay. and just see how that treats me for a few days. Because I, I bet
0: feel, I as much as I them. want to. I feel like I have an obligation to, like, know what he's up to.
1: Yeah, you're kind of a journalist,
0: I guess. I kind of. <laughs> but, yeah, like, that's the concern. Like, i got to follow him. But I follow plenty of people I don't like for the sure. same reason. I want to keep tabs on what they're doing. Sure. It's not because I support them or like them. Right. And that's kind of it. But, like, to think that all 88 million people follow him because they would vote for him and they're all legal American. Yeah, or can vote
1: for them. What? Yeah. Is- like, that's the kind of thing that really falls apart under the, like, the slightest investigation. Like, even if you think about it twice, you're like, oh, yeah, that makes no sense. Stupid. Like, oh, yeah, I get why I thought that. But that was dumb. That was dumb. Okay, let's move on with our lives. not, like, calling it a conspiracy theory. God, people are I mean, genuinely so dumb I'm concerned about the future of humanity.
0: As you should be. There won't be. Don't worry. There won't be humanity in the couple years. Yay. I'm talking about Madison Cawthorn, our buddy, the Republican who just got elected, uh, who's accused of sexual misconduct by other conservative Christian women, the Mm -hmm. guy who lies. Anyway, we've talked about him enough. But anyway, he was uh, on Fox News talking about Raphael Warnock, the reverend who's running for a Senate seat from Georgia, the Democrat Mm -hmm. running there. And one of the things he said, uh, I'm going to quote here, You see this Warnock fellow who's coming down here and disguising himself as some moderate pastor from the South.
1: That was this guy?
0: That was this guy. If you look at him, really, what he actually believes, he's a radical's radical. He wants to defund our police. He He says he's a pastor, yet he's all about abortion. This is somebody who does not represent what real Americans believe. And by real Americans, he means, I assume, white, right. only, only white. Yeah. Like every time Republicans are like, you got to represent real Americans. Like people in California don't know what real Americans are going through. They're <laughs> always referring to like, I just imagine one white farmer in overalls has to be overalls who lives in the middle of Kansas. And that is the only real American and no other Americans count.
1: Yeah, oh boy, it's so and bad.
0: For, this is for really important un- to be like, ah, I don't know if this guy's really a Christian to suggest that he's not you know, he says he's a pastor, but you never know because of what he says.
1: The dog whistle there is on par with when Trump said, We're gonna get your husbands back to work. Like <laughs> it betrays this worldview that they all have that like the only real Americans are white Christian adult in overalls
0: obviously
1: or coveralls if they're like a mechanic
0: um to be clear like warnock's warnock is proudly pro-choice he has said that repeatedly and good for him and by the way there was a letter sent out this week signed by like 800 pastors saying yeah we all support warnock he's way good he's good this is martin luther king jr's church that he now runs which the black church historically is interested in social justice and not so much like who's going to hell because you happen to be, I don't know, gay or a woman or whatever they don't like this day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's just like he's basically preaching the same way a lot of black preachers preach. Mm-hmm. Cawthorne doesn't either doesn't know that or doesn't care. But also Warnock's policies that he supports would actually lower the abortion rate. I just oh, want to point out. Of course. And yeah. And
1: isn't it really like tipping their hand that if a white person is a pastor or whatever, they are above reproach and morally sound, but yeah, if a black is a guy is one? A
0: lot of people brought up, which is when Amy Coney Barrett's up for the Supreme Court seat, they're like, you can't even bring up her religion, even uh-huh. though it's directly... Uh, going to influence how she may rule Mm -hmm. on Supreme Court cases. You can't bring up her religion. She's Catholic. How dare you even bring it up? And if you criticize
1: her, it's blatantly anti-Catholic. But if you criticize... But
0: we're literally questioning the faith, the devoutness of a pastor, Mm -hmm. a reverend, who works at Martin Luther King Jr.'s church (laughs) because he happens to be pro-choice like a lot of other black pastors. And by the way, like a lot of other Christians in general, um, nope, not real. Not a real pastor, that guy. Because... Yeah. <sighs> I just... What he said, by the way, what Cawthorn says in his short interview there, that is so much more offensive than anything Warnock has ever said from the pulpit.
1: Mm-hmm. I I mean, that's what I, I've been saying for as long as we've been doing this show, is like, I don't know how to talk to people. You know, I don't know how we're supposed to like have intelligent conversations and get toward like some sort of solution if one half of our country is absolutely unwilling to even accept fundamental truths or objective reality. I don't know how to do, I don't know how to fix that. I don't know how to fix somebody who's like, no, Trump definitely won and is, you know, Biden cheated. So whatever. Okay. What proof do you have? I don't, I just know it. Then how am I supposed to, what conversation am I going to have with you? If you won't even acknowledge Objective reality.
0: Yeah, we don't live in the same reality. I hope Biden figures that out. I I feel like he knows it, and he's trying to talk a a better talk, like where he knows what Republicans are doing, and he knows they can't be negotiated with in good faith, and that he just by like uh, this was pointed out this week many times. He was considering some token Republican to run like the Department of Commerce or something, right? Like. No one asked Trump. No one even bothered asking Trump. Are you going to have Democrats in your cabinet? Are you
1: reaching across the aisle.
0: Yeah. Why would you, anyone expect any of that from Republicans? But it's Democrats who are expected right. to do all the work here, to do all the reaching across the aisle, and of course then lose out on any power they might actually have or be able to use. And, and the I- only the only way Biden should do that is if he's taking a Republican senator away from a blue state that has a governor who can appoint a Democrat in their place. Ooh,
1: that's very sneaky.
0: It won't Uh, happen. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I'm still waiting for all of those, like think pieces, interviewing me while I'm at my kitchen table, drinking tea and doing bills. And hey, what's going on with you, Jessica? How come you voted for Biden? Are you having a hard time? Should we yeah. all of a sudden care about what you think? Because nobody's asking me. cover
0: real Americans who exist in diners in the Midwest and in Iowa who all voted for Trump, and they're the only real Americans who count.
1: I miss diners so much. I want a diner pancake. Yes. Uh,
0: one day, maybe in June. I don't know. I don't know. I got one last story for you okay. here. In Mississippi this week, they solved the COVID crisis. They did it. It's oh, gone. They did it in Mississippi.
1: They did it in That's Mississippi. y'all.
0: And I know this because Governor Tate Reeves issued uh, this Sunday, he said, it's going to be a statewide day of prayer, humility, and fasting.
1: Oh, fasting!
0: Uh-huh. Because mm-hmm. if you don't eat, COVID dies. Correct. I, I think Something that's how. Something like it works. that. That's. And better. if you pray, mm-hmm. which apparently people have not been doing for the past year, uh, that too, mm-hmm. uh, the virus is scared of prayer.
1: Scared of prayer,
0: viruses. If you say God three times in the mirror, COVID goes away.
1: Are you thinking of Beetlejuice again?
0: Oh shit! Got them confused again.
1: <laughs> I. I mean, whatever. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. I mean, what can I say that I haven't said a million times? Like, what the fuck are we supposed to do with this? Leaders of our state.
0: Stay the fuck away from Mississippi?
1: I mean, seriously, like, what? how am I so- And by the
0: way, I'm, I'm blaming him. It's so many other states. I, yeah, I, I don't mean, want to single.
1: Mississippi is just like the suit du jour. Like, it's always another state, it's always another mun- municipality. Like,
0: Oklahoma, Oklahoma's Republican governor, Kevin Stitt, by the way, also issued a day of prayer proclamation this week, whether it's for victims. I know they're not saying this is going to destroy covid. They're saying this is in honor of the victims. The victims don't need your prayers. They needed your face masks like six months ago. They needed you to take this seriously. Tate Reeves did not. Kevin Stitt did not they have the virus outbreaks worse than a lot of other places.
1: Oh, it's so fucking frustrating. I don't know anymore. I'm so annoyed. I'm tired. I hear you. Do you have
0: anything else?
1: Um, I don't think so. I've got this recipe for pork chops that I have pulled up. Do you want me to talk about that?
0: We'll wait for that next week.
1: Okay. I accidentally bought too much buttermilk, which is the whitest thing you've ever heard.
0: It <laughs> <laughs> really is. I know. Where do we? Where do we find you?
1: Uh, You can always follow me on Twitter. Um, I'm at blueberry b l u e b u r i e. I'm thinking about changing that. Finally, we'll we'll talk offline about that. Think about it. Yeah. Uh, Also, my uh, other podcast I do with my husband called Cooper Duper. We just wrapped up the second. So it's a Twin Peaks podcast where we rewatch it and discuss it. Um, We just finished up um, the second season and then Fire Walk with Me, which is the 1992 four. 1994, maybe 1992 um, movie that um, follows up the series. And it is a nightmare scape as uh, it's very Lynchian. Um, so we talked for like two and a half hours about it because it was very intense and very heavy. Um, and then we are going to do a couple more episodes and then jump into season three, the return. So if you are looking to get into Twin Peaks, what the do fuck it. else are you doing, my dude? Um, and yeah, hopefully by the time this goes up, I will have relaunched my bitches get stitched done site with all of the, uh, humility in the world. And that's it. I just, I want to go work on my puzzle now.
0: Yes. You can find me at Hem and Meta on Twitter. Go to friendlyatheist.com. And if you like the show, go to patreon.com slash friendlyatheist.com podcast uh-huh, and, and we'll be review,
1: back like the one i'm about to read to you yes. and by good. the way
0: next week uh we'll do a regular episode but we are going to do our uh end of the year everything was a shit show show garbage year review and review it'll be a bonus episode available to our patreon subscribers specifically so that's going to go out next week as jessica reads a review Okay.
1: So this is from November 14th. This is Sailor Morgan with three N's my favorite podcast ever. Five stars. The Friendly Atheist podcast has to be hands down my favorite podcast ever. I love listening to Hemant and Jessica every week. I've been an atheist for about 10 years now, and it's nice to listen to other atheists in the community and their thoughts on current topics. I especially love listening to Jessica go on about women's rights because I am yelling right there with her about it when I listen And then like a little blushy smiley face. Um, So thank you, Sarah Morgan. Um, We really appreciate you. You can go on iTunes and leave a review and I'll probably read it.
0: Very nice. Even if it's negative, if you
1: give me five stars, (laughs) I will read whatever bullshit you have to say about me out loud on the podcast.
0: (laughs) Um, We We will see you all next week. All right. Goodbye. Bye.